Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. I'm super excited for this week's episode as I interview fellow online fat loss coach Carter Good. We talk about everything from his 140 pound weight loss transformation. We talk about emotional eating, the power of food, and the fact that we are in control and that life's unpredictable, but that we can do anything that we do set our minds to. So tune in, listen to this great podcast with Carter, and please, if you want to give me feedback, that would be awesome, www.balancewithsam.com slash podcast. Hey, Carter. Hey, what's going on? How's it going? Oh, pretty pretty well. I'm enjoying the, the beautiful weather right now in Ohio, which is um, very far and in between. How about you? <laughs> the same. Boston has been so wonderful. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah, god. Yeah, we probably have very similar um, temperatures, other than I'm sure your winters get a lot worse than they do here. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Trudging awesome. through the snow. Uh, well, awesome. welcome to the Balance with Sam podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be on here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, so for everyone listening, I'm going to introduce Carter and then I figure we can get started. So Carter, good. I met Carter in New York. Um, I had been following him for a while on Instagram, but we finally met in New York at a little fitness summit. And ever since then, we started collaborating and you know, just connecting that way. And so Carter is also an online fitness and fat loss coach. And he has awesome, awesome infographics. I've probably shared hundreds of them with my followers. Um, Carter has an awesome journey. He's lost over 140 pounds. And now that has kind of driven him to help motivate his clients and other people from the importance of building more sustainable lifestyle habits, getting lean, staying lean, and just like feeling good. Um, and I, I love that because your fat loss, fat loss journey is something that resonates with me and a lot of my clients. And so I figured having you on the show, we could kind of just go through, talk about your journey, um, the mindset shift that's happened and kind of like where you are now. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, an, I'm pretty open about everything. So uh, you can ask me anything. So I love it. Um, so to start, I guess, can you kind of take us through a general um Mm -hmm. overview I know it's like there's so many pieces of it and I've pretty much like read through your story like the one that you have on your website but for those Mm -hmm. of you that aren't really familiar with your story can you kind of give us like a a few minute little like bio of where you've come from and where you're at now yeah for sure I kind of have like like four different versions of the story that like vary in length and so I'll give you like the uh like the middle one that won't take up too much time so um you know uh, essentially so um I, you know, throughout my entire life, um, just growing up, I always sort of struggled with my weight, but it was never something that was a major issue, right? Like maybe, you know, I, I was small, like whenever I was growing up, like up until about age 10, I was like a normal weight. And then I was like always about 15 to 20 pounds, you know, would be considered overweight at the mm-hmm. time. Um, but it was never really a major issue. Um, 
just mostly because you know I just wasn't really thinking about it when yeah. I was a little kid, right? Um, and and, and it's funny how like everyone in my family was um very lean like my, my both my brothers you know um are both just very naturally lean right like they can uh-huh. they're sort of those people that um you know the people who struggle with their weight hate those people in their life who just seem like they can eat anything they want right yeah, and they, they're they like just eating lean, like a so. dozen donuts and they're like yeah you don't even gain a pound <laughs> yeah exactly right so that was like my situation and so growing up you know my house was full of like oreos little debbie cakes like everything that you can imagine right yeah. i mean we would have and, and luckily like my mom um was like a physical education, education teacher. Um, she, she was, she took a lot of nutrition classes growing up. She was like a, like a, um, like an all American athlete and stuff in college and whatnot. So she, she knew a, enough about, you know, eating healthy and, and eating more nutritious foods that she would make us like better dinners and stuff. But yeah. you know, some, a lot of the times I'd go over to friends, have pizza, fast food and all this. So, so all that to say, you know, growing up, um, it was something that I kind of struggled with. Now for me, the, the, what really switched was never um, I got to high school and uh, my parents ended up separating and I live in a small town. And so it was sort of like a, it was like a whole thing. Right. And there was like, it was, everyone was talking about it and, and everything yeah. like that. And so, um, and it's funny how looking back that wasn't, I mean, I can remember being in the moment and that not really affecting me that much or not feeling like it was affect, it was, it was affecting me that much. But yeah. now looking back, you know, during that period in about six to 12 months, I gained nearly like 75 pounds, right? So I went from wow. like being in like the two four, like 220, 230 zone to, you know, getting up to where I weighed, you know, close to like 305 pounds. Yeah. Um, I How think tall like, are you? I'm 5'11". So okay. Okay. Um, not like, you know, not like I'm 5'5 five, five and 3'5", but it was still, you know, it was, it was, I was a bigger guy and, um, you know, it's, and I don't say I might've been heavier than that. That was just like the, what the scale recorded that yeah. um, I had at my house. Like it kind of keeps your weights. And so, you know, now looking back, it's so, it's obvious why I, I struggled with my weight, right? Or, or you know, what, how I you know, ended up dealing with that divorce, right? Was, was through eating and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and then luckily I, I caught onto it pretty quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, and this is kind of where um, my story might differ a little bit from a lot of people, but it's also why I'm so passionate about, um, you know, giving out information the way I do that. You know, I lost a lot of weight very quickly. Uh, like, I think I lost nearly, I probably lost over a hundred pounds and easily in under a year, probably in like eight to nine months. Yeah. Um, just trying to do the math in my head. And the reason was because, you know, I go back to it. I was this kid in high school and, um, you know, I just put all of my attention into it. Right. I didn't have, I didn't have like sports or extracurricular activities. Like I wasn't in a relationship and, and I didn't have any responsibilities, right. With a job or anything. And so mm-hmm. I put all my attention into this and I went crazy with it. Right. And lost a lot of weight. And so you know, obviously very successful on the outside. But um, what's really interesting is that, you know, for me, my struggle didn't really start until much after this, right. And so, you know, I lost weight. And then through high school, like it was my senior year when I did this, like I was sort of identified as this person that lost weight. Right. And so it wasn't really an issue. Then once I got to college, that's when things really shifted for me, because no one in college really knew my story oh, right? no so one, interesting no really yeah knew, right You're like a so different no identity really <laughs> exactly right well so for a lot of people and whenever they go to college that's their that's what they're looking forward to right right like they can start fresh and be this new person however for me I was like it, it kind of shocked me even though I knew it was coming but like I, I sort of lost my identity in, in that sense and I kind of realized that I had spent the last two years of my life being so focused on this fitness thing that I had neglected all these other areas of my life right like my social life my mental like health, like all of these things. Right. And, and so honestly, for the first couple of years of college, like I was, I was, you know, I was never clinically depressed, but I was probably in the darkest time of my life just because I didn't know who I was, what I wanted to do. Like I had this obsession with, with fitness and stuff. And I hate, like, it's so funny how I both hated, but had to keep doing it. Right. Yeah. Cause like I, I hated working out and I hated 
like the way that I was obsessive with my nutrition, but I was even more scared of gaining the weight back. Right. Right. And so it was just like, it was honestly like this constant fear that I lived in. And and so, um, you know, that's obviously, we could keep on talking more and more about that, but essentially, you know, that's why now, I mean, you know, I, I I think that everyone always has things that they struggle with, but you know, I'm most proud of the changes that I've made mentally, right. And building that healthier relationship with fitness and with my eating and all of this. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about really helping people who are just starting their journey, who are currently on their journey, really think about, you know, the, the mental side of this more and think about the journey over necessarily the short-term results, because like there's, I always tell people, you know, there's nothing wrong with being motivated to lose weight, right. To look better, to feel more confident, do all that. But at some level, you have to recognize that regardless of how long it takes you to lose weight, you're going to be spending most of your life maintaining it ideally, right? Like even if it takes you nine months, 12 months, 15 months, whatever it takes, most of your life's going to be maintaining it. And so it's going to make sense to make sure that you are you know, building habits that you can sustain and allow you to still live an enjoyable life, right? Yeah, 100%. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Lifestyle sure. over like the short term. Uh, exactly, outcome. exactly, exactly. So where are you now? uh what's what's going on now in terms of like it could be mindset um where you're at like in terms of not so much weight but just like now that you're on the almost the other side of it and you're mm-hmm. now coaching clients um mm-hmm. what what do you think is like the biggest uh mindset 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 shift that you've yeah. had that's kind of helped you be a better coach to your clients man this is a this is a good question because it's actually something i was thinking about recently and and it's gonna uh, i think it's gonna be in line with helping my clients for sure but the thing that has changed the most for me recently has been not getting it's funny because like on instagram for example um you know before this whole thing with you know infographics got really popular and 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 the authenticity movement sort of you know how people are very much into like sharing you know pictures that aren't flattering stuff for a long time you know it's just like a highlight reel and people are looking at these fitness models and all this and i think that for a lot of people that's what keeps them in this perpetual state of not feeling good enough right that like they don't look like fitness model x or or like this person right and and so for me for example i can think of specifically there's this um fitness guy named steve cook who's just like a very popular fitness model right and and actually i've never talked to him i actually think he's probably he's probably a cool dude right i I see some of the stuff he's doing but like his obviously his physique is incredible right and so growing up like or whenever i was doing this journey that's all i wanted to look like right and then um there was sort of this period where i realized that you know in order to look like him certain things were going to have to happen right And, and honestly looking like him probably wasn't in the cards for me, right? Just genetically speaking, because he's yeah. like a genetic freak. And that's what people don't realize is a lot of these fitness models that you see on Instagram um, are not only do they have, you know, great genetics, but they're also, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And, yeah. and especially when you're looking at the pictures, like you're looking at them at their best, right? right. You're not the looking best at them. Light, and, the best angle, and the, yeah. they're, they're like, you know, they're honestly, and what's so funny is, and especially like, you know, a lot of times people don't really care about bodybuilding and stuff, but like, if you're looking at like a fitness competitor on a stage, who's like doing competition, like they look their best when they're at like their worst, right? Yeah. Mentally and healthily. Yeah. And so something, so, so all that to say something that's really shifted for me is almost caring less about how I look now, obviously to a degree, like, you know, obviously I want to, I, I like looking good and feeling confident in my body, but not focusing on much on as much on like, oh, how shredded I am or, or how big is this bicep versus, you know, this bicep or my, my proportions perfect and focusing more on, you know, learning to love the body that I'm in. And yeah. then instead of, 
And, and then I also use that to say that, you know, learning to love the body that you're in and because you love that body and because you love yourself, being willing to, you know, put that effort into bettering yourself, right? Yes, um, yes, Because yes, yes. That, that's another topic that, you know, we, we, I don't want to dive too far into just because I know it could take forever. But like this whole idea of, you know, I'm, I'm all for body acceptance, right? And, and loving yourself. Um, yeah. I, I think that sometimes though, it's important to recognize that, you know, if you, like, I think a lot of times whenever people start to want to look better and, and, you know, either because they want to like, just, you know, look better for other people or, or whatever, it's this thing where they almost feel a little bit of shame or guilt because of that, mm-hmm. which I think that they shouldn't have to feel that, right? Like, obviously you can be too obsessed with it, but I don't think that wanting to do that is a bad thing. I think it's just, there's a healthy medium, right? And so for me, it's been more finding a better balance with, you know, wanting to look good, but also recognizing that, you know, I can be happy and not be absolutely shredded. Right. And that's sort of what I've, I, I, I've translated that into my clients, right? Like learning to love where they're at now and then love the journey as a whole. Yes. And as they make progress, you know, continue <laughs> yeah. to love themselves. Right. Like learn to love yourself, whether you are, you know, lean and shredded or, you know, 400 plus pounds. Um, right. and cause I think that's what ultimately leads you to the more you love yourself, the, the better choices you can make for your health moving forward. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, I think the more that, like you said, you love yourself, you also, you want to do that for your own future, you know, like exactly, yeah. y- you have this drive inside, like, okay, like I feel good. So that means I want to mm-hmm. put good food into my body. I want to move. Exactly. It's like, it kind of goes hand in hand rather than like, I have to do these things so I can feel healthy. It's like, no, I, I feel good. So I want to continue to feel that way. Exactly. Yep. I, lo- I love that. Um, well, that's awesome. I'm well, first of all, I'm so happy. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Like, it's really, it's really nice to see um, your journey. And I can't wait for everyone listening to like go on your Instagram and go check you out. But mm-hmm. um, to, to see your journey and that it's like coming full circle. And now you can help others get through that same, you know, like that same set of struggles. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that you touched on was the emotional eating. Um, and I know that that's something that, you know, that kind of was triggered by your, the, your parents' separation um, mm-hmm. and divorce. And I have a lot of clients myself and also myself. Like I go through periods where it's easy to just like emotionally eat. It's just something that mm-hmm. sometimes we resort to doing because to fill a void or because we're bored or, yeah. you know, something bad happened. And instead of addressing it with something else, we use food as kind of a vice. Um, yeah. What? what what was the point or can you talk a little bit about the point in which you realized that you were using food um as a solution to dealing with kind of stress and then maybe after we talk about that we can kind of dive into like some strategies of dealing with that yeah yeah for sure and this is actually i'm i'm excited that you asked that because this is something i'm actually extremely passionate about because I think that while this is 100% a huge issue, because I think that most people are struggling with it, right? And I also think that uh, whenever people go to fix it, they kind of approach it the wrong way. At least I I think that that people do it the wrong way. And so I'm excited to kind of talk about some of the solutions, but I'm kind of jumping into me. um, You know, I guess it's really, it was something that, you know, it's more of a looking back all the time, right? Because whenever you're in the moment of something, it's really easy to justify. And that's going to be a reoccurring theme um, a lot of times when you talk about um, emotional eating or, or anything, anytime you do something impulsively, right? Because yeah. you're, you're, it's almost like you're, you're, there's two people, right? There's the, there's the long-term you and there's the short-term you, right? And, and even though you might be thinking, you know, you might know that in the long-term, like, like thinking about it right now, like right now I'm not triggered to eat anything out of emotion. So I can recognize that 
you know, whenever I do those things, it's one, not making me feel better. And two, it's, it's not helping me in, in, at all in the long run either. Right. It's like a double name. It's like two yeah. bad things at once, but when you're in the moment that it does feel like the right thing to do. Right. Right. And so for me, it's almost been more of a recognizing patterns in my life. And, and I think that, you know, I, even looking back, I've used food to eat, like to deal with emotion or to do whatever for everything in my life. Right. Um, and even before my parents got a divorce, right. And, mm-hmm. and even like looking back and whenever I was a younger kid, right. I would use it everywhere. And I think this is an important thing just to recognize that as a society, as a whole, we use food for everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's why uh, a big thing I'm against is people always say, you know, food is just fuel. It should only be thought of as fuel and whatever. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But that's not the way the world works, right? Right. right. Food is more than fuel. It's how we celebrate. It's how we yeah, mourn. It's, it's what so we do when social. we go to weddings. Yeah. It's right. And so um, I, I think that's important to recognize. So you're already to, so so. Let's just say you know you've never dealt with emotional eating, and then you start to deal with it. Well, you've already been primed to use food to, and you've associated food with certain emotions, right? I mean, I can think with my family, even though my immediate family are all very lean by nature Um, my extended family um are all they all have like type 2 diabetes they all have serious weight issues right and heart disease and all this and you know and and i kind of lean more towards that side of my family and they you know we have a celebration you better believe that you know kathy's mac and cheese is coming out (laughs) and and ernie is going to be frying you know fish fish on the on the grill right and 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 it's a way that we're showing love right no one's doing it to like sabotage anyone it's how we're showing love and, and celebrating right but you know obviously there's there's conflicting goals there when, when you're worried about your health. And so I think though, I think that's why it's really easy to get into the patterns of emotional eating. And I think that's why I fell into it. Right. And, and I started to recognize that anytime, you know, I would either, um, you know, skip out on something, I would like stay home and like, you know, eat Oreos or something or, or do all this. I think it was more just a recognition of like those patterns, right. That, yeah. That's whenever I first started to, to think about it. And it's hard to like pinpoint the exact moment. Cause I think it's just looking back, you know, there were, I, I, it was something that I did so often that it was more of just like a realization of, of recognizing a pattern, you know? Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, and so I think continuing on that, like I've gone through the same exact thing, whether it be emotional eating or even like small binge eating episodes where you're just like, mm-hmm. you're not even really conscious of what's happening. And you're like, the food is almost like taking over. Mm-hmm. Like you're not able to disconnect your, uh, your hand from the bag or like your mind from what's actually happening. And I think yeah. that's very, very common for a lot of people, like just continuously reaching in the bag, reaching in the bag. And then, Oh, the whole bag of chips is gone. What the hell that yep. is do, mm-hmm. you know, like, or, yeah. or using it as a, as a solution to deal with a difficult problem. Um, so going into that, like, so say you have a client that struggles with uh, emotional eating or even binge eating, but let's stick with emotional just for now. What are like, I don't know, say like the top, like three to five things that mm-hmm. you recommend, um, so like strategies or things to think about mindset shifts that uh, you talk to your clients about in terms of like developing some new habits. Yeah, for sure. And so I think the first thing to recognize is that there isn't like a roadmap, right? A one size fits all roadmap to this because everyone is coming from different like places, right? And everyone has different struggles. So whenever I am giving suggestions to people, a lot of times, I mean, it's part of the reason why I love working with people one-on-one in the way that I do, where I'm in close communication with people. And it's because in order to overcome a lot of these mental things, these mental issues, it takes a lot of individual um, considerations, right? Yeah. Because like what work might work for somebody might not work for somebody else. Right. Um, so, so that's like the first thing to recognize. So whenever I go through these, like a couple of the strategies I have recognized, I might give, 
you know, depending on the person and situation, how familiar I am with them and, and what they're doing, you know, I might give different suggestions and different points. Right. And so, sure. um, the first one I think is, it's kind of going back to what we said is having a rec- a recognition that your desire to binge eat and, and or the binge, eat, I guess, to emotionally, whatever it is, right. Yeah. To, to overeat because of the emotions, um, is not a fault on your end. Right. Like it's not something that's like internally wrong with just you as a person. Like we are like, it's, it's not only, you know, socially like built into us. It's also biologically built into us, right. To crave things that are high in fat, high in sugar, giving us a lot of, you know, serotonin release, right. It's like a chemical thing. Right. And yeah. so recognizing that it's not just your fault and you're the only one dealing with it, I think can be huge, right. Because it, it sort of opens it up to be something that isn't as intimidating or scary because you're, you know, there's other people who have dealt with it too, which is, it's kind of goes into, um, you know, uh, why I think it's helpful to like, you know, reach out to people who have maybe dealt with it or have, you know, a support system around it, right? Because know that other people are dealing with it too. And so that's like the first thing is, is just recognizing that it, it's not a, a problem that is, you know, unique to just you. And, and I think that can really help with knowing that it's possible to overcome it, right? Yeah. Um, like you said, you're not think, alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and so I think it's, the other thing that is helpful, and this is also sort of a mindset thing is to um, understand that it's not uh, uh, an eating issue it's a how you're dealing with the emotions issue right mm-hmm. it, it's not it's not that it's not that the eating is the issue it's it's how you're you know using that food because of the emotion and that takes it a whole step back because it's not about because what you could do is and, and some strategies i give people is you know keep foods out of your house or you know try to have flexibility and do all this but at a basic level at the core level like recognize that it's not that food it's it's how you're dealing with that that or it's how you're dealing with certain emotions and and that takes it back to dealing with the actual emotion right Right. dealing with the actual problem in your life and and that can be scary right that that's like the not easy question to ask yourself because it's, (laughs) it's not as simple as like fixing the food problem it's like listen the reason you're doing that is because you know it obviously there's something's you're, you're suppressing something that you're moving away from right and so and and oftentimes you know the only way to fight those demons is to face them head on right um and to, and to work on them and maybe that means you know talking to the person that you're having an issue with right or or maybe talking out something that's you know troubling you in the past and for me so i think i this is a great example so going back to my parents divorce right um i i noticed a incredible like a almost like I wouldn't say a a complete transformation, but the best like strives I've seen in terms of improving my relationship with food and and how I'm using it emotionally are whenever I've had talks about my parents' divorce. So I remember one situation specifically, it was actually like in the last couple of years, whenever it was like the first time me and my dad had sat down and actually talked about um, the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And and just in talking about what happened and why it happened and like that to me, even though it seems so like we, we just talked about this thing and we already talked about, you know, I, I felt like I already knew all this information, but like just talking it out with him and getting on the same page, like significantly improved my just like emotional eating, like, wow. like tenfold. It's great just because, and it's because, you know, I faced that thing yeah. and, and I overcame it. Right. And um, obviously, you know, that's not the only issue. I mean, everyone has multiple issues in their life, but I think that the more that you can, you know, face those demons in, in your life, right. Yeah. the better it's going to be for you. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, you, you can do all the strategies. You can do the, you know, keep the food out of your house and, and, and you know, try to, you know, include certain foods in moderation, right? Or find alternatives. And then not to say that none of those work because they definitely do, right? And they, and for, you know, and sometimes, you know, it, it's small enough to where maybe that is a, a beneficial thing that will help you build good habits that will, you know, 
help you be successful in the long term. But sure. I think at, at, at you know the, the the basic level, I think it's important to recognize that if there's something that is you know reoccurring that's an issue, and you keep jumping back into that you know that pattern of emotional eating, it's it's you know it's important to recognize what's at the core there, right? Like what's at the source. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think yeah. exactly what you said about just like facing it on, like facing it head on. It's it's almost easier, right, to just like eat rather than oh, deal with it. Very much and it's, easier. It's like that's why we do it because we don't want to yeah. have to face <laughs> that demon. But I think the most important thing is to like to realize yeah that someone else is dealing with this exact same thing at some point in their Mm -hmm. lives and that you're not alone because you know Mm -hmm. we all have problems and thousands and thousands of other people have those same problems like we're humans um but i think talking to other people like i mean it goes for anything really like you just get in your own head and it's so easy to Mm -hmm. to freak out and think like i'm never gonna get through this like your mindset starts to give you these like limiting beliefs and like you're it's it's just like a downward spiral and then i think that's when when the food starts to be a way that you cope um yeah what do yeah, you sure. do you find that like talking uh with like peers or friends or someone that's um maybe like a coach do you do you find like more benefit in someone that's maybe older and wiser in terms of like have have had the experience and are now getting through it? Or do you find that like talking to your peers is more helpful where they're just letting you kind of like vent and like bounce ideas off of? Yeah. I I think that it's, you know, I think honestly talking to anyone that you trust is, is going to be helpful. Right. Um, and, 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 and obviously for some people, the people that they trust most might be their peers, right. It might be their friends, the people yeah. who it might be their parent, right. Or it might be their coach. Right. And, and that's why, you know, I'm so encouraged. Like I, I, I encourage my clients to like, tell me anything, right. Like I want them to be very open with me about things that they're struggling with in their life, because I know that for some people that I'm, you know, I mean, I know that for some of my clients, I might be the only person that they can share certain things with, right? Oh, yeah. Or be completely open with. And I want to make sure that they have that because I know it's so incredibly important because sometimes just talking about things can 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 be enough, right, to mm-hmm. work through it. Because it's almost like if you – like whatever you're in your own head, you can come up with crazy – you know, things, right. You know, yes. you can, you can convince yourself of the craziest things. If it's just in your own head, it's, it, it goes back to why, you know, people are great at like, and it can go like, I'm sure you've heard the saying, like teachers are the worst students, right. Or coaches are the worst athletes or um, psych, like, like, uh, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've even heard like psychologists are the worst, like patients too. Right. In that sense, it, it's like, you know, it's very easy whenever you're just in your own head to convince yourself that everything's horrible. Everything's going to be, you know, why am I even trying and stuff? So sometimes just talking with somebody else, and just like hearing it out loud can put things into perspective, right? And like, I mean, there have been situations when I've done that and been like, that was really silly of me to be so worried about that, right? Yeah. Or to think that that was such a big deal, right? Or I might say something and then immediately pick up, oh, wow, wait a minute, that's something that I need to pay more attention to, right? Yeah. Like, I might have just been pushing it off as no big deal, but like, wait a minute, this is an issue. This is something that I'm now recognizing as a pattern, right? Um, in my life. So I think that absolutely, I think that it, it really, I don't think that there's like a better or worse in that situation. I think it's going to be individual, but talking to anyone you trust, I think is going to be very helpful. Right. Um, and, and however that would look for somebody. Right. And maybe that means, you know, reaching out to somebody online. Right. I mean, that's one of the powers of like social media is that, you know, you can build that community online, whether it's like in a Facebook group or if it's, you know, with hiring a coach, right. Or working with somebody online, you know, um, j- just, Going to whoever you can, whoever you trust in your life, and, and talking to them about it, I think can be a, a huge first step for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you? Do you currently um, talk to anyone about like 
if you have emotional eating problems, you know, currently, do you have like a go-to person that you, that you chat with? Um, for me, I would say, you know, probably my parents. And the thing is now, I mean, not to say that I don't struggle at all because I absolutely do. Right. And it's, and it's, and it's something that I, I definitely still struggle with, but it's funny how now that I work with uh, so many people who struggle with emotional eating, mm-hmm. it's, it's only, it's weird how like now it's kind of always on the top of my mind. And I'm very aware of like when I'm doing it or not. Right. Or when yeah. I'm thinking about doing it. Right. Um, but for sure, like if I'm ever in those situations though, like, let's just say it might not even be emotional eating. It might just be like mentally ha- struggling with things. Right. Yeah. Like I always call it's, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of lucky enough. I have a pretty good relationship with both my, my dad and my mom. Uh-huh. And so like either one of them I'll, um, call or, or, or talk to. Right. And that, that's always been my go-to, that's um, awesome. is one of them, even though like, you know, I might not talk to my dad for like two weeks or something right not not because we're not talking to each other just because you know we get busy and we just kind of dead, hey, or whatever <laughs> but then like you know i might call him right and we might talk for like three hours or something crazy like that right yeah um and so th- those are definitely the two people in my life my both my parents cool that's awesome um yeah. one more thing that i wanted to dive into too uh yeah. was on your site um when you talk about your story you talk about the the fact that you had like fat genes, right. And that mm-hmm. you kind of accepted that like you weren't going to get to the place that you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's super common for people to, and myself included, like think that they'll never get to that place because they weren't genetically gifted or they had a bad set of genes or, you know, both of their parents and all of their aunts and uncles are overweight. So it's just not in the cards for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what, was your like was there a point for you where you kind of realized like you know what fuck that no I mm-hmm. I create my own like destiny and if I want something bad enough I can conquer this or mm-hmm. like was it just kind of a gradual change for you um it, two things I can think of specifically that did that for me one was actually like educating myself on like what actually matters most for like losing weight for like and all this like like learning about nutrition right and that's why like I'm so big on education like people learning this stuff like obviously you don't have to be like a nutritionist to know like every ins and out of the Krebs cycle right and why you know certain molecules do certain like you don't have to understand that level but having a basic understanding of foods and why people gain weight or or at a basic level right right is huge because it's sort of because then you can use that information and tie that back into things that you're doing in your life right and, and it lets you be more, take a more honest look at like, oh, wow, like I didn't realize, you know, I'm doing this every night or doing this every day, right? Or, or that my family's having these habits, like every night, you know, we're ordering pizza and I'm eating like, you know, five slices or whatever, right? right? And it's like, you know, stuff like that, you know, stuff that you just is, don't realize. You know, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Right. Small things. I think that was helpful. And then for me also, um, whenever I first started losing weight and like, I, I remember specifically like the first time I like had stepped on the scale because it's weird how even though I was so like addicted to like losing weight during the process like I was not using the scale it's such a weird like I'm I'm thinking back and it's so weird how like I wasn't using the scale even though I was way more obsessed with weight loss than like most people I think I, I know right who, yeah. who have lost weight but I was not using it was such a weird thing but but thinking back I, I remember stepping on the scale and seeing that I had lost like 35 pounds and like I realized in that <laughs> moment it was almost like this belief in myself right like holy crap I can lose weight. Right. Yeah. And, and that almost that that's what really turned it into like, it, it kind of created this intrinsic motivation um, to want to wanna do this for myself. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, I don't shy away whenever people say, you know, I want to 
lose 20 pounds or lose 30 pounds. Cause I'm like, that's great. That's awesome. Let's do that. Right. I think that there's a healthy way to go about having a goal like that. Right. And there's an unhealthy way about going to go like that. But I understand also that, you know, that can be motivating, right. Seeing those, that number change because, and not because it's the numbers magically changing, but instead, if you can recognize that, like I'm doing these things and this is happening as a result, and that's all moving me closer to what my long-term goal is. Right. Right. Um, that can be super motivating. So for me, it was those two things. I think both one learning that, you know, the fat gene or whatever you know, doesn't necessarily exist. And that's not to say that certain people won't have more issues than other, right? Obviously there's for sure genetics that go into play, right? Um, and not only just physical genetics, like mental stuff, right? Like some people struggle with certain things more than others, right? I mean, some people have like conditions, like, you know, there might be, you know, I have a lot of female clients who have like PCOS, right? Which is like absolutely yeah. going to affect their ability to lose weight, right? Yeah. And so, and that's just a part of it. But, but I truly believe that everyone has the ability to do this, right? And I think that the more that you can dive into, like, the actual science of how things work, um, it, it kind of puts more power into your hands, and it gives you more confidence. And I think that, in turn, allows you to stay more consistent, which, you know, you and I both know, at the end of the day, consistency is what's going to matter most, right? Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. So I think, really, like, the big takeaway is, like, becoming educated, right? Like, yeah. whether whether it be becoming educated on your own emotions and just like yeah. stepping outside of yourself and like seeing your that you're not your emotions like you can you have all these things mm-hmm. but doesn't mean you need to act on them um and also like thinking about where your thoughts are coming from or like why you're compelled to use yeah. food as advice or why you think that you can't do something you know it's like at the end of the day like all of this stuff whether it be mm-hmm. diet like working out everything it just like comes down to mindset and it's it's crazy actually like this you're my sixth guest um Mm -hmm. on my podcast and every single one of these episodes has transpired into okay it's a mindset shift whether it be on Mm -hmm. anything and it's just it's amazing to me like when you tell yourself you can you can like i can get over emotional eating i can develop a healthy relationship with food i can overcome my quote-unquote fat genes you know like yeah it's the power of just like belief in yourself and that mindset shift that i'm sure for you happened after you realized what was happening you saw that progress progress Mm -hmm. drives you know motivation which drives consistency it's like this big cycle and then now you're freaking coaching thousands of people like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and, and and in that same vein of what you just said this is something that i've been um sharing a lot recently and i think it's resonating really well with people and it's exactly what you just said so this whole thing of like you know becoming self-educated but also being self-aware right of the things that you know that you struggle with and making those the focus and i think that um there's this whole idea of control right and, and it's important to recognize this and, and even though you might not feel in control like get into a point where you realize that you are in control no matter what. Now, there's a big distinction here because I think a lot of times the mistake people make, I made this mistake, is people become control freaks, right? Where mm-hmm. they feel like if they can't control everything, then then they're mad, right? And then they it's like this all or nothing thing, right? Well, if I can't control exactly how many ounces of, of you know, chicken that's going to be on that plate, or if I can't control exactly, you know, when I'm going to work out this week, then I'm going to get angry and like be resentful with this yeah. whole fitness thing, right? That's the wrong way to go about it. But you can also recognize that life is very unpredictable at times, right? Emotionally, like things are going to happen, right? I mean, you might, you never know, like you might lose your job, right? Or, or, or something might happen, right? Stuff's going to happen in your life that's unpredictable, that is not going to be awesome. But always recognizing that no matter what happens, you're the one in control, right? 
like you're the one who is making the decision. That doesn't mean that you, you know, and, and I think that that doesn't make you weak for making uh, a quote unquote bad choice in the moment, but recognize that it's always your choice, right? You're always on making a decision. And I think that the more you can create that self empowerment, right? And that self control, the more you can start to, in those moments, let emotions like have less of the power and, and recognize that you can choose what you want to do in this moment. Right. Um, and, and I think that the more people can like kind of find that self-belief in themselves, like that they, they are in control. Um, I think the better the relationship they build with everything, because it allows them to make more choices that are in line with what their long-term goals are, which ultimately, you know, make them happier because you know that they know that they're doing things that are ultimately leading to, um, you know, more, whatever it is that they're wanting in the future. Right. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it, it transpires outside of the gym too, right? Like yeah, exactly. as soon as you, or outside of the kitchen, either like it, it can, it can apply to anything, whether it be like achieving your dream job, anything like developing mm-hmm. a better relationship with X, Y, and Z. It's like, yes, if you, if you believe you can do it and you kind of remove those limiting beliefs, like you've got the power. It's just about perspective. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Um. All right. Well, you, we just had so many knowledge bombs. Oh my God, mm-hmm. my brain. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Like, I think that um, your journey is so inspiring to me and I'm sure to, you know, all of your clients and the bajillion followers that you have. And I think it's, it's so great that I'm so happy that I, I found you. I remember like reaching out to you on Instagram being like, Hey Carter, just wanted to say hi. And I like your content. And then when I showed up in New York and you were sitting in the room, I'm like, what the fuck Carter's here? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, is this real life? Like we're in the same room right now. This is cool. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really glad that we have been able to connect and um, through the power of social media for sure. Right. Absolutely. I can agree more. <laughs> um, so I guess closing words, what would be like the top, I don't know, maybe like two to three things um, that you can share with everyone listening based on either our conversations today or just like in general for people that are going through struggles and are just trying to, you know, get by and make progress. Ooh, okay. Mm. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try to keep this as like, as, not not too basic, like not too like, just like very interpretational. I'm gonna try to give you some like more specifics here because I feel like a lot of the stuff that I've I've given is pretty like interpretational, person to person. But yeah, um, let me think here. Uh, so three. Um, one would be to make sure you have a strong understanding of your why, and whether that's so. Let's just I mean that can be for everything in life, but let's just say for fitness, right? Like, and something that can be really helpful for this. So something to take away from this is, um, it's this little like mind thing called the five whys. Yep. Um, I can't remember where I first started, but basically what you do is, is like you, you know, it allows you to dive deeper into why you actually want something, right? So if you say, you know, I want to lose weight, and then you'll ask yourself, okay, well, why do I want to lose weight, right? Well, it's because I'm, you know, it's because I'm, I'm tired of, you know, not fitting into these pair of clothes. Okay, well, why are you not tired? Why are you tired of fitting those clothes? And you ask yourself that, you know, five times, um, you know, it might be four times, it might be six times or whatever. But what it's going to do is it's going to help you get more in line with what with your core reason for, for why you want something, right? And it kind of brings you more into your intrinsic motivation for change right and so and i think that the more that you can get closer to being self-motivated to do something right um Mm -hmm. the easy you know the better off easier it's going to be to stay consistent and and get results in the long run so that's one um okay another one would be um to oh man oh man these are hard (laughs) um 
maybe, maybe, okay. So here, here's one thing I'll say. So, so going back really quickly to like the emotional eating stuff, because I yeah. feel like we talked a lot about, you know, understand that this is a bigger thing. Right. And like, it's not about the food or whatever that can be very overwhelming. And I understand it's overwhelming. And I'm not saying that the first thing that you should be doing is dive straight into like trying to fix all the struggles that you're having mentally. Right. Because obviously there's, a, there's like years and years built into that. Right. And so that can be overwhelming. So sometimes it can be helpful to in those situations, anytime you feel overwhelmed, and, and I guess we, this can even go into other things, but with emotional eating specifically, like when you start to feel overwhelmed with it or, or like that you aren't in control, try to scale it back as small as you can, right? And so like if you're, if you're, you know, if you're thinking about in terms of like, what are you going to be doing in a year and a month? Like, don't think that far ahead. Think about day to day, right? Like what, what can you do today to do better, right? Yeah. And if that's too much, maybe take it in a, a level smaller, right? Like what can you have this next meal mm. to set yourself up for success, right? And so with the emotional eating thing, um, you know, obviously you recognize that on the whole, on a larger whole, you know, something needs to change mentally, right? But that might take time, right? And it might take time to mend those wounds or whatever is going on, right? And so it might be helpful in the short term to either, you know, create an environment where you don't have tempting foods in the house, right? Or um, to, you know, not do certain activities or whatever that you know are going to lead you to, you know, overeat or whatever, right? Yeah. Or, or at least plan and do things, right? So, so recognize that in, in day-to-day, it's okay to like use strategies, right? That might, you might not be using forever. Just make sure that those strategies have um, a purpose behind them, right? You're not just doing them to constantly put a Band-Aid on it. You're doing it because it's helping you achieve a greater goal, right? Overcoming a big thing, right? Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully that makes sense. No, that's um, awesome. And that's then, awesome. Yeah. And then the third one is going to be super cheesy, but it's the most important thing. And I always tell people, and it's just to recognize that you have time, right? And, and there's, you know, mm, there's yes. literally, you literally have all the time in the world, right? You, you have your entire life to do this. And um, recognizing that I, I think can really help you get out of your head in the moment and, and focus less on perfection. Right. And, and recognize that, you know, just because you might mess up one day or you might screw up and you might royally screw up, right. You might go crazy and emotionally 10,000 calories or whatever. Right. I mean, recognize that even then, you know, you're no, you're nothing like you're only one meal away from getting back on track. Right. Yeah. You're, you're never I love that. farther I love away that. than that. <laughs> right. And that's what Jordan always says. Right. Mm-hmm. Diet, but, yeah. but it's just so true. And, and I think that if more people recognize that if more people focused on doing their best as frequently as they could, rather than being perfect, I, I think, you know, more people would only be successful with this. And that's why I talk so much about it. Right. Is recognizing that it's not about being perfect. It's about doing the best that you can. And it's about recognizing that in those moments when you do mess up or you do go off the plan that, the only thing you should be thinking about in that moment is how is just getting back on track. Right. Yes. Cause that's really the only thing that matters that you're going to do. So um, those would be my, my, my three tips. I love them. Yes. Awesome. They're so, so great. Thank you so much, Carter. Um, Absolutely. And I think I remember the first one that you said, the five whys. Yeah. I remember learning about that. And I think that was precision, precision nutrition's um, mm. like questioning process. And I was like, why does that sound so familiar? I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was in yeah. like, just the psychology behind it and that's what a lot of this comes down to is just like psychology and mindset you know um if you know you can do it then you can freaking do it that's it so thank you so much for being on the show um i want people to go and check you out on instagram facebook your podcast all that stuff so for everyone listening um carter where can they find you on all of the social media yeah. So, so on, I, I think on everything, I'm just Carter Good. So I think like my website's CarterGood.com. Instagram is, my handle is Carter Good. Uh, Twitter's Carter Good. Um, 
I think everything is right now. I'm, I have a podcast called the Moscow Mule Podcast. If you go to my Instagram, because um, I'm sure a lot of people on here probably follow you on Instagram too. Yeah. Like if you go to my bio, I have like that link tree, and that has like the links to like four or five of the things that I'm most active on right now. Awesome. Um, but definitely Instagram and, and my website are, are probably the two bigger ones right now. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. It was awesome. So much gold dropped in here mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to hear what you're up to in the next few months. Hopefully see you again soon and enjoy the hot weather in Columbus. <laughs> yes, I will. I'll, I'll, I'm going to try. It's like in between being like, feels like you get hit in the face with like a wet rag because it's so humid (laughs) and just like that's why I feel like it jumps between it's either snowing or it's or it's like you just like like a sauna so I'm I'm gonna try to enjoy it right now while I can with a little bit of breeze so yes me too me too (laughs) awesome awesome Alrighty. well I hope you have an awesome rest of your week and I will talk to you soon absolutely Sam thanks for having me on again no problem bye Carter see ya Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed this one as I think it will resonate with a lot of you. I think a lot of us do struggle with emotional eating and using food as a way to cope with life. And hopefully Carter gave us some really good insight and some strategies to moving forward and and not using food as a way to deal with it, but rather just having confidence in ourselves to move forward and to make choices that support our goals. So I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. Please give me feedback. Give us a rating. www.balancewithsam.com slash podcast or find me on Instagram at Salty Lifts or on Facebook. Thank you again for listening and hope you guys have a great day.